And we are live. Welcome to the NBA Strategy Show. It is Friday, May 27th. I am Josh Engelman. I am joined by Adam Scher, and we are brought to you by Prize Picks. And before we do anything at all, hit that like button, subscribe to the channel, hit the notification bell so you know when everything goes live. We put an end to the Western Conference Finals yesterday. And honestly, if we're lucky, we put an end to this Eastern Conference Finals tonight because it's not exactly a fun series to watch. I will miss basketball for a couple of days, but at the same time, I won't miss Celtics and Heat. Adam, I was really pulling for you yesterday, really hoping for that 0 for 150. But uh, unfortunately, it looks like you snuck a couple across the uh, the cash line. Yeah, pretty disappointing. I was I was rooting for it, too. Um, yeah, like that that game started out well for me. and. Like I had some solid lineups that weren't really duped and they were, you know, in the top hundred or 200. I take like a five minute shower. I look at my phone <laughs> and it says I'm not cashing a single lineup. I, I thought like the DK app broke or something, but uh, <laughs> yeah, that game got really ugly for me in, in a hurry. Uh, fortunately it, there's baseball. Yeah, it wasn't ideal. We got the, uh, the ghost tour for Kaminga yesterday, which was something Bielitsa getting cooked over and over defensively still plays 20 something minutes. Certainly didn't see that one coming. Is there a, can you, maybe you tweeted it actually last night or maybe somebody, somebody in the industry tweeted it. Is this one of the biggest like chalk busts ever in the NBA? I didn't tweet it, but it's gotta be up there. Um, oh, I mean, I, I tweeted kind of making fun of myself. I said the only, only the best can play a 50% on guy that doesn't step on the floor. Um, <laughs> but uh, I mean, it's, it's gotta be up there. It seems like it would be just because it's really hard to be like assuming there's not like an injury or the guy like Mitchell Robinson or whatever was, wasn't he like really chalky earlier this year. And he like took a dump a minute into the game and then never came back or yeah, whatever, like so. yeah, stuff yeah. like that to me, I, like I don't chalk up. He just didn't see the floor full right. on and, and goose egg. Right. And that's the thing like you and I were talking before the show. It's one thing. And I would have completely agreed to say like, you're not going to get the same minutes from Kaminga that you got the game before. But at the price he was at and the fact that he's, you know, a good point per minute guy, you didn't need remotely close to that for him to at least be like a serviceable play. So you literally just needed him to be on the floor and play like, you know, two six minute rotations and you were good. Yeah, it is. I didn't expect the full goose egg. I don't know what right. Steve Kerr was doing. I never, never at all expected what we got out of Nemanja Bialica. He was at least in the, I have the, let me, let me go to the $20 since I have that up here as well. Bielitsa was 5% owned in the $20 last night. Ended up getting basically every minute that everybody expected Kaminga to play. He played awesome. 22 minutes yesterday. Two of four from the field, 8% usage, six boards, three assists, uh, a couple fouls, no defensive stats, 1,600. Kudos to Bielitsa. Yeah, pretty sure the only person that thought that went well with Steve Kerr. Yeah. Uh, winning lineup, Clay, Captain, Wiggins, Draymond, Poole, Looney, and Dinwiddie. So no Steph, no Luca in the winning lineup of the $20 last night. Wow. I mean, like, obviously, we would have never had that sort of discussion on the show yesterday. What are the odds that neither of the two pay-up stars on this team made the optimal lineup? And like the value plays became also meaningless. $6,200 Spencer Dinwiddie is the cheapest guy in the optimal lineup. You didn't need any of the pay down options. And it's still duped 16 times. Yeah. It's, 
It's incredible. I mean, like all of those guys were just, they're all 30% owned dudes. Clay, 29. I mean, this is the aggregate. So we're like, we're not, I'm obviously not talking about Clay's captain. Obviously, he was probably like 8%. 29 for Wiggins, 39 for Draymond, 30 for Poole, 28 for Looney, 30 for Dinwiddie. It's just like a fully balanced lineup with no studs. I would have been really hard for me to get to a lineup that didn't have Steph or Luca. I can't imagine I had one, but uh, you know, I could go back and look for sure. Monster day out of Looney. Anything else that you saw yesterday that was like interesting to you that you cared about? No. Uh, I mean, the random clay game that we get once a series. Yeah. 11 minutes out of Moody surprised me a little bit. Like, I mean, I guess 11 is fine. Ultimately completely meaningless. Didn't really matter at all what any of those guys did, but I thought Moody, we'd yeah, see I mean, Moody not playing at all in the second half was kind of weird. Yeah. Hey, look, anytime that you can get Nemanja Bielitsa out there for a 15-0 Dallas run, you got to do it. <laughs> I got nothing else here. When are, when's Iggy? Is Iggy supposed to be back for the finals? Uh, there's no telling, man. That dude's just been hurt the entire season. Right, yeah. I don't – I feel like he's just like the Warriors Udonis Haslam at this point. Do you, do you know if any of them are supposed to be back? Like Porter, Peyton, Iggy? As far as I know, Porter is – I mean, Peyton's just sort of like a if he's healed, he's healed type right. thing. Like that's, but like to me, Iggy is a complete. I have no idea. I don't even know what's wrong with him any longer. Yeah, Age, I mean, from my I from guess. my point of view, obviously, I hope that they're all out. From a basketball point of view, it would be nice if they get back. I mean, you would want him in this series. I I have to assume that like his length and defensive ability on Tatum would be an asset, but sure, a hell of a lot more useful than Bielitsa. You would think, but I don't know. Tell that to Steve Kerr. <laughs> Steve Kerr doesn't seem to know. I mean, Steve Kerr was honestly coaching game five of the Western Conference Finals like it was a Tuesday game against, like, in a random week in the middle of the regular season. We had no idea who was going into his rotation. He was just like, I guess it's Bielitsa today for 20-something minutes. I wouldn't have expected it to be the Western Conference Finals. They could have played. Like, this could have just been a taped game of Dallas from January, and I would have believed it. (sighs) What are you tilting? I don't know. Some, somebody said I was tilting hard last night, I guess, because I tweeted that I lost. Uh, I don't know. Kind of get used to that. Yeah, it's and I all the time. Even, and I didn't even lose money last night. So, yeah, I don't know. Last night was fine. Well, in NBA. Yeah, yeah. No, but I'm saying, like, in the aggregate. Overall, like, I, I, <laughs> I made money yesterday. I definitely wasn't upset about anything. Yeah. If you make, like, if you get your ass handed to you in the NBA but still win in baseball, you're not mad about the NBA. <laughs> no. And even, I mean – even when you lose an like I lose an NBA, I'm not mad about NBA. No, not at all. Because you lose all the time. Right. That's the thing that people don't really recognize. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like that that came up uh, yesterday. Somebody said something about like, let's be honest. Adam normally is just hoping to break even. Like in response to me saying I'd won the other day, it's like, yeah. If I break even on a slate on like a particular slate, that's a very good outcome. Yeah, a hundred percent. And like, what's the best way to say this? Like. You're you're happy with a break even when it's over, but honestly, like you're never thinking, oh, "I hope I break even today." There's right, like yeah, well, yeah, it's yeah, only course, at the like, top or nothing. Well, right, yeah, but like breaking even is not a bad result. Um, obviously, no. going into this like that's not what you want, but like yeah, yeah, you're gonna lose way more often than you win. It's just that you hope, like, if you're good, you win frequently enough that it offsets your losses and puts you in the black. Yeah, people. You got to realize it's not, there's no cheat code out there. I think the best thing to look at, and it was really sobering when we started looking at like 
you know, 1% type lineups. And you're like, oh, okay. And you're like, how many lineups did I have that were in the top 1% and like over that? And it's like, okay, 1.7% would be like the greatest thing in the world for me right now. And that's such a marginal thing. But like, you're so much more frequently putting a lineup in a position to hit the main spot that that little incremental piece is gigantic. Also, this is just an amazing conversation going on right now. The computers were wrong. I guess it proves that humans still know more. Who do you think is putting the inputs into the computer? other computers man <laughs> craziness yeah no that no it doesn't mean that at all Look, uh, if you're going with your gut the rest of the way because you don't trust crunching numbers i hope you up your volume also and get in some of my games yeah send me whatever it's i just i don't I know, i'll never understand it is it just because like we play sports growing up that we think that like this is the one spot where like the, our minds have an edge. They don't, obviously. Like every other industry in the world, you rely on data to make your decisions. You're not out there working off of hunches. Um, that's going to, generally speaking, be a terrible, terrible exercise. So yeah, I I'm going to go with the data I mean, moving forward. Yeah, like it's the, the inputs last night sucked. I mean, yeah. I gave Jonathan Kamingo like 14 minutes more than he played. Um, right. That's going to make things like, like I was saying to you before the show, my, my, my projection on Kaminga was wrong. Clearly the ownership projection on Kaminga was wrong. Clearly with the inputs that I put in like a 13 fantasy point projection for Kaminga and his ownership projection at 28%, me getting to 50% is exactly what I would want. If the ownership had been correct, I would have had way less. If my projection had been correct, I obviously would have had zero. Um, but yeah, it's, you have to, and, and this is just kind of from an overview for people that actually do, you know, try and get better at DFS. You have to evaluate what you're doing, evaluate your process in light of what you put into it, not in light of what happened. Like you can't look and say like, oh, I need to improve my process or I need to change things because I played Kaminga when the reason you played Kaminga was the inputs that you put in. Like if you put, just put in shitty inputs on one slate and you get your ass kicked, that doesn't mean there's anything wrong with your process. Um, so it, it is important, I think, to actually evaluate in terms of like, did it do what I would want it to do if the assumptions I made were correct? Not did it magically know that the assumptions I put in were absolute dog shit. Just admit last night was not a great night for projections. Dinwiddie, Clay, Looney Pool were not guys, were not the guys via computers. This couldn't be like a more misunderstood and incorrect statement unless you tried to do it. That there's, there's no such thing as not a great night for projections. That's, you're explaining what they are with the word that you're using. We're projecting something, something that we don't have the answer to. This is our, we're, we're saying this is our best guess. That's what a projection is. They're not right or wrong afterwards. Like there's no, that's not how this works. Yeah. And again, like literally just, that's just saying the opposite of what I just said. The projections aren't wrong. No. If Jonathan, like for me, I think I gave Kaminga 14 minutes, gave him his rates. The projection was absolutely correct. The input that I put in saying he's going to play this many minutes was wrong. Yeah. The human part of your thing was the wrong part of it. Right. Yeah. (laughs) It's incredible. So you guys are never right or wrong. Got it. No, that's, that's the. We're wrong no, about the inputs. I yeah. was my inputs were bad. Yes, they were incorrect. Yes, that's the same way that I felt uh, 
game, whatever, the, the Oladipo game where I was light on his minutes. I was just like, okay, I think we're going to get a little bit more Duncan Robinson from a spacing perspective. Those inputs were wrong. The projections are not wrong. That is just an output of minutes played and what I think those guys' rates are going to be. Yeah. Somebody said these guys are really taking the chat seriously and personally. No, I mean, I would much rather talk about this stuff than like a single basketball slate, honestly. I find it yeah. much more interesting and for a lot of people useful. These guys sound butthurt. No, that's the key takeaway from this 15 minutes that we've had so far is should be that your method of evaluation should not be on the actuals that come out of the game. That's that, the least important piece. There was definitely, there was easily more said in those 10 minutes for the people that wanted to take something useful away from this show than anything that's going to be said about this game. Yes. I have nothing to add on game six, Boston, Miami with Miami having six guys questionable at 10, 14 AM. I don't have it. Like, we did it already. <sighs> like, the, you should want our show to be like this. And not... Yeah, I mean, if we did an hour of that kind of stuff, I wouldn't do shows because it would cost me too much. It's... It, like, you... Oh God, it's crazy. Like, if I were just out here giving hunches, we'd be the worst show on the planet. Because there's nothing actionable. You can't take anything from that moving forward. Anyway, you ready to talk uh, Boston, Miami? Yep. I got him here. We'll start with Ryan Langley's super chat. And that is uh, just simply, thanks for the great content, fellas. Thank you for the great super chat, my man. I appreciate that. Uh, happy to have you. And then uh, either George or Jorge, either direction we want to go here, at least in my mind. Uh, best stream content, sports information, thoughts on games and projections, no matter what they say. This guy gets it. Appreciate the super chat, man. That is fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. Thank you so much for that. Really appreciate it. And now we get into game number six. Oh, God, I'm so tired of talking about this. Do I really have? Yeah, I have Mavs and Warriors in my uh, run sheet. That's not correct, obviously. Didn't update the teams in this one. So we'll go ahead and make that. Uh, wait, this game's in Boston, so that's going to be Heat first. Then Celtics, there we go. Now we got this. Let's start with the Heat. And obviously, we have no idea who's actually going to be playing here for Miami. I know that we have Tyler Hero in our ownership projections. I went with the executive decision in my prep today that I'm not going to be projecting Tyler Hero for today's game. I'm just not doing projections until fair an hour fair. before the game. <laughs> So let's start at the top with this one. Jimmy Butler. I think you and I talked about it two days ago. Maybe we need to go back to it again today. Are you treating him any differently? Do you have any feel about his health? Or are you just going 40 minutes of what you think Jimmy Butler normally is? So I do think, and this goes back to what we've talked about before, it's very difficult to, to um, adjust somebody for injury when like you know that they're banged up but you don't know exactly what the situation is one thing that's nice here and, and one thing that i do especially as these series get longer is i do factor in the rates from the individual series where you know now you've had five games of, of these guys playing each other um so it's going to naturally drive down my projection on butler just because he continues to have low usage rates in this series uh once again 21 and a half percent last game so i'm not projecting him to just repeat what he's done so far this series you know he would 
be absolutely awful and maybe he will be but um when when i do you know uh when i do kind of blend his rates in this series into his overall postseason rate and his overall uh, usage rate this year it is going to pull it down and it is i think going to do a pretty good job of making it so like i get a projection on butler where it's okay you know sure, sure butler can still do well but he's certainly not going to project for me the same way that he would if this injury didn't exist I guess we can ask the same sort of question about Bam out of bio. Do we get game three Bam again, or do we get every other game Bam today? Yeah. Um, I mean, he, he did have a 21.5% usage rate last game, so nice to see him get at least somewhat close to his regular season average. Uh, but even that's, like, concerning when you're talking about a game where he played 38 minutes, Jimmy Butler only had a 21% usage rate. Like, what the hell is Bam doing in this series? I, I can't wrap my head around it any longer. Like, at least he was at 15 shots great i mean he had like the sneaky quietest double double ever <laughs> in that yeah. last game he finished with 18 and 10 and have certainly didn't get out the of the gates quickly usage rates from this game or that game i haven't really so butler was at 21 and a half percent bam was at 21 and a half percent hero was at about 22 or not hero Struess was at about 22 percent the leaders in usage victor oladipo 32.8 percent and gabe vincent at 33 percent Oh, the old 33% usage for Gabe Vincent, who that should probably be that playing more. Makes some sense. I mean, he probably should be playing over Kyle Lowry at this point, but we'll get to that in a second, I guess. Well, I mean, that goes without saying. I, I don't know how did Miami you, cre- you see the creates possession effective where offense. Oladipo took the three, hit the backboard. Uh, Miami gets the offensive rebound, kicks it back out to him, and he hits the backboard again. Yeah. I mean, his, like, he's a really bad shooter. They, uh, it's, no, I think that was the watch. I think that was the possession where Vincent gets it at the top and he's open and he makes the extra pass to Oladipo and Oladipo just misses the entire basket and like the broadcasters are like Vincent with the extra pass like like it's a good thing it's like dude you need to just take that shot yeah absolutely let uh let's get into Vincent then and Lowry so the past two games they have been direct backups for each other they split 48 minutes in game four and in game five I'm going with that assumption again here. Uh, do you expect them to play alongside each other at all? Do you want to project them like they do? Who was your question? I was reading about ESPN. No worries. Uh, Oladipo, or sorry, uh, Vincent and Lowry have have combined for 48 minutes over the past two games. Are you projecting them like that? Um, normally, I give a couple of minutes alongside each other, but I, I don't necessarily think that's correct, given what we've seen. Yeah. The reason I do it, though, is I don't, totally understand why they would be opposed to running them alongside each other a little bit. I think it's a size thing is probably my only guess. Yeah. Just if you're going to have like, although in the grant, like depending on what else is on the floor with you, you're already sort of letting yourself know that you don't have the right defensive setup. If you have Struess out there or Duncan Robinson, who by the way, also split uh, 28 minutes in this last one. So keep that in mind moving forward. Um, I just assumed it was a size thing. Yeah. So I guess the issue I run into just kind of thinking about it is I, like, ideally I'm sure Miami doesn't play Lowry and Vincent alongside each other. Miami's not in any position to play anything. Ideally here, they don't have the correct personnel. Like if there, there's nothing ideal, like, like, yeah, it's not, it's not great to have Vincent and Lowry out there together. There's nothing ideal about Victor Oladipo being on the floor especially with, with Jimmy Butler, like yeah. you're, you're, you're making a trade-off somewhere. 
So do they say, you know, look, we scored 80 points. We were like, we were lucky to score 80 points. Do we say, okay, we'll, we'll take the hits on the defensive end. Then we're going to put somebody out there that can actually shoot. I mean, that's what I would be doing, but I've been advocating for more Duncan Robinson for a lot earlier in this series than he came to fruition. What do you want to do with Struess and Duncan Robinson? Then again, two guys that split 48 minutes. We'll say they're basically the same person when they're on the floor in that uh, they're both going to get picked on defensively and they're both out there for their shooting. Are you reading into Duncan Robinson's minutes from game five? I mean, that's. Or is he Kaminga? Is he going to get a full goose egg today now? Right. It's so hard to read into minutes from a game like that where everything was going wrong. Like Max Strews two games ago scored zero points, scored four points last game. I think, you know, like if Strews is knocking down shots, they're not going to just take him off the floor and put in Duncan Robinson. Um, I do think it's interesting, like you were saying, that they split 48 minutes. But that's another one where that doesn't have to be the case. You know, like there's, no, there's not at all. no, they they can run a lineup where, you know, it's Vincent Struess, Robinson, Butler, Bam or something, you know, there's, it, it's not a perfect lineup, but again, like Miami just doesn't have the correct personnel to have a perfect lineup. Yeah. yeah like, again, they don't want to put those two guys on the floor because you're going to leak points over and over again. You can't have two guys that can get picked on in the pick and roll. It's going to become a problem. They're running out of ways to create offense. They don't have it. So. Maybe that's it. Right. Yeah. Like it, this, this would be a totally different conversation if you were talking about a team like Boston, where you were like, they have, you know, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, like they're going to be fine scoring, uh, you know, so, so you can be pretty comfortable that like these two guys aren't going to play next to each other. Miami has a banged up Jimmy Butler, who by the way, can't shoot anyway. Um, Victor Oladipo in place of Tyler Hero, we're assuming can't shoot. Um, you know, you, you're, you're only shooting is, like Struess, Robinson, PJ Tucker, Gabe Vincent, Caleb Martin. Like, yeah. you know, yeah, Bam has decided to not participate offensively. So, right. And, and I mean, from a spacing standpoint, he's non existent anyway, but he right. normally can at least score the ball, but that's yeah. not happening. So it's like th- there's, there's nobody, especially if Hero is out, there's nobody you can point to and just say, like, yeah, this is a perfect fit for what Miami needs. Like, you're, you're making a trade off somewhere. I went 28 to Lowry, 20 to Vincent. I went 28 to Struess, 20 to Robinson. Feels like I'm a little bit heavy on Robinson, but that's uh, like, obviously it was blowout run two games ago, 28 minutes for this past game. Does anything sound crazy to you? Do you want to give them extra minutes? Who do you want to take them from? Because this ultimately ends up with me getting 12 minutes to Caleb Martin, at which point he ends up looking like a fantastic $1,200 option. Do you feel the same way about Caleb Martin in this sense, I guess? I actually wouldn't be surprised if you got a little bit more Caleb Martin. Okay. Um, and you don't have to. I mean, at tw- at twelve hundred dollars, just assuming he plays his, you know, plays twelve minutes or so, he's going to project as a good value anyway. But Martin can knock down open threes. He can defend a bit. You know, there there's a path to him finding more minutes here. But you know, again, even at his, even if he doesn't, he's going to look like a pretty good value. We're on the same page there. Let's see. Drew suddenly became. I, I love the playoffs. I can't. Like, I can't. Like in in pre it, prior to the last two games, you have people who are smart and make a lot of money in DFS tweeting about how Struess is going to be like the next you know unheralded star, and then now you have Struess is clearly not doesn't belong in the NBA. Yeah. I don't care at um, all. Do if I mean, Struess doesn't make shoot. a three. I mean, Butler can't shoot. I meant exactly what I said. Yeah. What there there's. He's like a 24% three-point shooter over the last three years. Look, you can say, 
I am not the person to get involved in a Jimmy Butler discussion right now, but there is one thing that no one can disagree with. He does not shoot and cannot shoot. This is not yeah. we're, we're talking about shooting, not scoring. Yeah, very different. Very different. Jimmy Butler per the Darko projection system. So they, you can estimate stats. He's like a t- real talent, 28% three-point shooter. I mean, we are like, we're talking truly atrocious. Victor Oladipo, not much better. <laughs> Struess, probably like a 36% three-point shooter in real life. Maybe you get up to 37, 38. Like, I don't care how many shots Max Struess misses in a row. I just want to know if he's taking them. And I'm right. quite confident you feel the same way. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, if we're, if we're going to argue that whether or not Jimmy Butler is a shooter, then you can literally argue anything. Yeah, it's, it, it's not going to be the spot. So 5,800 for Struess today, 5,200 for Oladipo. You get Vincent at 4K. You get Duncan Robinson at 3K. Do any of those prices stand out to you? I mean, the 3K on Robinson's interesting if you think there's a chance he gets all those minutes again. But again, you know, he's he's certainly very dependent on Hero too. Uh, I guess that you know that that's the caveat here. We're talking about it like Hero's out. If somehow he's back, then you know, totally different. But yeah, assuming he's out, I still don't mind gambling on Robinson at 3K, especially um, if his ownership's going to be low. One thing to keep in mind though, and you know, right now, like you said, we have Hero in the ownership projections. Um, but I am going to keep an eye, like if Hero's out. I am going to keep an eye on the ownership projection for Robinson because I do think it can be difficult. We saw it, you know, yesterday with Kamingo where uh, it was just, you know, he was 50% owned um, instead of like 28. We saw it the game before uh, Robinson was really projected to be really low owned. He came in at like 20%. Then he played 28 minutes. Uh, so I do think that, you know, like Robinson's not going to be one of the most popular players or anything, but um, I will manually adjust that if we get him at like, you know, 5% or something again. Do you have any expectation? Let, let's let's just briefly touch on Hero for a minute because I think that we can get through it pretty quickly. Do you have any expectation on his minutes? The last five games that he's played, 22, 16, 28, 24, 20. Does he basically just take whatever Duncan Robinson was doing and we just call it a day? Is he playing like 20 to 24 minutes and that's just it? Struce? No. Hero if he plays. Oh, Hero if he plays. Like he wasn't exactly playing either. Right, yeah, he was – yeah, his minutes weren't really where we expected him to be anyway. Um, yeah, that, that would kind of be my assumption because if he plays, he's clearly not at 100%. They said this is supposed to be like you know a month-long injury. So if he comes back, it's pretty safe to say that he's not 100% and he's just giving it what he has. Uh, so I wouldn't be comfortable like giving him more minutes than he was already playing. I am with you on that one. Uh, by the way, Tyler Hero's price today, not 6K. something like that. There you go, 6K. Any justification for that if he is in? No, I mean, I have a pretty difficult time there. Like, they need, with, with Butler banged up, if Hero were healthy, I think he'd end up being a really good play. Yeah. Like, they, they need what you, – you can say what you want about Tyler Hero overall as a basketball player. Miami needs what he offers right now, given the current state of this team. But yeah. uh, he's playing with one leg. I am obviously not a Tyler Hero fan at all. I don't find inefficient – uh, bulk shot creation to be something that I want here. I believe, now I heard this on uh, the Dunked On podcast earlier today. I believe I'm right here. This is why they're missing Tyler Hero because even a bad mid-range Tyler Hero shot is better than the, and I'm, I'm, I think I'm right here, 0.65 points per possession in the half court right now. That's 
really that's as like that's as you might as well just let pj tucker create in the half court like <laughs> they need someone that can do it more efficiently than victor oladipo or if butler doesn't have it I, I, I never thought i would say that i think they're missing tyler hero and i don't think that that's like the the secret sauce for miami but they no. just don't have a person to be able to create a shot right yeah it's not you know th th this isn't my you know oh if tyler hero wasn't hurt miami's winning or, or anything like that but they they need Tyler Hero. Yeah, they do. They really, really do. Is there anything else that we should touch on from the Miami side of this one that stands out to you? I don't I don't really see much. Uh, they didn't go to Deadman in this last game. I don't think that they're going to be going to Deadman here. So uh, he's not somebody that I'm looking at. He's 2,400 to me. He's off the yeah, table. I came up to. Yeah, I think from a value perspective, it's whatever you think you get out of Duncan Robinson if Hero is out and Caleb Martin. Yeah, and I think Martin's probably the better yeah. point per dollar value. Um, sure. You'll probably get more ownership there as a result just because he's cheaper. And I think that on the off chance that Hero does come back, I'm not sure that matters to Caleb Martin. I think that just only matters to Duncan Robinson. Yeah, and Vincent probably. Sure. Although... Yeah, maybe. And That'll Oladipo. be close. Yeah, it certainly matters to Oladipo. Um, they will not need him nearly as much. Oh, I guess so. That That's one to talk about, though. Um, okay. If Hero's out and Oladipo's ownership isn't very high, I do like taking shots at him. It's not that I expect him to do well. I don't think he's a good fit on this team. That's been made abundantly clear. Yeah. But... The guy's and been shoot. proven right, by the way. Right, yeah, 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 for sure. Um, he's fifty-two hundred. He's gonna shoot. If he does somehow score, we know they'll give him extra minutes. Uh, you know, we saw that two games ago. So he's like the epitome of a guy where if he's popular, I am perfectly fine just finding other things to do. And if he's not popular, I actually want to play him just because there is a ceiling there, even if it's not super likely he's gonna hit it. Ownership is at 8% on Oladipo right now. That assumes Tyler Hero is in. I assume Tyler Hero was out, ran my Sims, got him in 6%. I did not give him a large chunk of minutes. Uh, I got him at 18. Um, could I go up to 24 probably? Yeah, I, I think that would be like a pretty reasonable cap for Oladipo at this point. At, what is he, 5,200? Am I getting that right? Yeah, 5,200. I don't think he'll ever pull a ton of ownership, but certainly a, a guy that I'm going to want to get to. Like, look, no matter how inefficient I think he is, he certainly likes to shoot. Yeah, exactly. And, and if it's going in, they'll, they'll leave him out there. And then the other thing, yeah. too, is, you know, it's a one-game slate. So you have to look at what are the alternatives in this price range. Um, Max Struess is $600 more expensive. Can Struess give you a good game? Sure. But it's not like you should be any more confident in Max Struess at this point than... <laughs> You are in Victor Oladipo from a fantasy standpoint. Uh, you have Kyle Lowry for $1,000 more, you know, or, or the corpse of Kyle Lowry at this point. So plenty of, of concerns there. Uh, Grant Williams on the other side for $200 less. Sure, he's fine, but, you know, it's, it's Grant Williams. Derek White, $200 more. Um, obviously, after the last game, you're going to feel more confident in White than Oladipo, but we're two games removed from, you know, chat saying that Derek White doesn't belong in the NBA. So um, that can obviously come back again. The, the point is that there's just... There, there's no like slam dunk 5k range guy that you don't have at least some sort of question mark about anything else for Miami. Um, I, I do like Gabe Vincent at 4k, assuming he's not going to get much ownership. Um, the reason just being that, and this is assuming heroes out, um, if he gets his 20 minutes or so, you know, maybe it's 22, whatever, he can still get there at 4k, 
but he does provide things this team needs. Uh, we, we've seen him spark them defensively uh, various times during the postseason, uh, basically just pressing and being on ball. But yeah. he can shoot also, which this team needs. So, like, even though they haven't played him alongside Lowry, um, even if he stays in that role and it's just Lowry's backup, he still, as long as Hero's out, is going to project okay at 4K. But this is also an elimination game where – Miami has nothing to lose. Like if they're not scoring, there's no reason that they can't just say, all right, screw it. Um, let's see, you know, if this works and throw Vincent out there for, you know, four or five more minutes. So yeah. um, if Hero's out, I, I do like Vincent's price tag quite a bit. Yeah, I think he's got the biggest sort of like, his minutes floor is just there. He's going to play the minutes that Kyle Lowry is not on the floor just by a baseline. And there's no reason that he can't be out there ahead of Kyle Lowry if Kyle Lowry continues to look like he's going to struggle. So if you're projecting him for, say, like 18 to 20 minutes, you're giving Kyle Lowry that normal starter run on the opposite side. I think Vincent can get to like 28 to 30 if this breaks correctly. And yeah, at which I, I point, like if he plays 28 guys, minutes, you want him at 4K. Right. I, I always like taking shots at cheap guys that aren't going to be super popular and that from like a theoretical standpoint, improve the team that they're playing on. Yeah. Um, especially in an elimination game, because, you know, if this were like, you know, if this series is three, one Miami, you know, whatever, maybe you try and get Kyle Lowry going, but like if Kyle Lowry's playing like shit and Gabe Vincent comes in and knocks down a couple shots, there's no reason for Spolster to be like, all right, time for Lowry to get back in there. Like they should be doing anything to, you know, will be doing anything to try and win this game. And when it's going well, it's the heat. This is not a different organization. They are going to continue to go for that win. Like the, it's going to be a Kyle, shut up, sit down. We'll see what we can do, but this is working right now. We'll deal with this later. Like, they don't give a shit about your personal opinions. <laughs> right. Um, and I guess I have to make my obligatory mention that P.J. Tucker is still underpriced. Yep. I like him. Uh, came out of my sim 35% of the time, which is, I don't know, the third highest mark of anybody on the heat. And especially now, if he's going to be going to, if they're going to P.J. Tucker directly at the fight, when Bam is not in, one, this increases Bam's minute ceiling if Dwayne Dedman is not going to see the floor at all. Two, we're getting whatever minutes Bam isn't on the floor, that is going to be P.J. Tucker at the five. Uh, both of those things, I think, are a benefit. One, from a spacing perspective for Miami, because they certainly need it. And two, just from a minutes perspective, I think Tucker can be out there more. Yep, 11.9% rebounding percentage in the series for, for Tucker. Um, only 0.7 DraftKings points per minute. Hasn't been shooting well. Um, I, mostly, I just wish that they would fix his price so that I could stop sounding like I like P.J. Tucker. But, yeah. like... He's $1,400 less than Struess. And the, the nice thing about Tucker is not only does he, at least in theory, give, give them some spacing, but they want him out there defensively. So, like, he's one of the guys on this team that no matter how this game is going, they should want P.J. Tucker on the floor as long as he's not, you know, fouling out. Landon, I do not care that Kyle Lowry has a ring. Nothing could be more meaningless here. Tony, I don't think he needs a full thing of conditioning he's 36 man he's just not like he's not what you guys think he is that's all people get old is he still like an nba player yeah of course but like he's clearly not right and he's clearly on the wrong side of the aging curve doesn't mean you like don't play him or something in dfs but this is not the kyle lowry that played for the raptors four years ago miami had some good looks last game they just couldn't hit yeah because they don't have anybody that can shoot yeah this is like we want to talk about, like, uh, these guys don't know basketball. Uh, we've been all over what's going to happen to their offense with the guys that they're going to be playing. And uh, it's been spot on and ignored. So, 
NBA strategy PJ show Tucker's is the promo code since the series started. I guess the computer is updated. I, I think I had like 65% PJ Tucker in game one of this series or something. And some absurd number. So, uh, yeah. Once again, just the, the key piece here, everybody's got a salary. Everybody's got a salary. These salaries change on a game to game basis. If Jimmy Butler was 2k, if Kyle Lowry was 2k, he'd be the best play on the slate. And it has nothing to do with how good he's been playing. Just it's easier to play people when their salaries go down. And also with regard to Tucker specifically, it matters like in this case, it's everybody else's salary too. If Max Struess were 4,600, PJ Tucker would look worse just because you would have a, a comparable piece there. But yeah. when you're talking about somebody that in a competitive game is going to play 34 plus minutes and the other guy priced around them is Gabe Vincent, who I like, but who could easily play 14 minutes less than that. Um, you're just going to get a lot of PJ Tucker. 50% off your first month of Awesome Plus Platinum using the promo code NBA Strategy Show. One gigantic word gives you everything we've got player projections, ownership projections, lineup builder, Discord, boom bust tools, uh, your top golfer, top fighter, all of that good stuff. Everything, every sport, every piece of content, except for Fantasy Cruncher, which you could add as an add-on to our base package at checkout. That part's easy. You can get it for 50% off your first month. Cannot beat that. We've got, uh, oh my God, I can't even talk. We've got high stakes ownership projections for the playoffs. This is a new ad for us, a new feature that we have. I highly recommend you guys check those out as well. It's a great time for it. So 50% off, take advantage. Not the only deal you can get here. Prize Picks, the presenting sponsor of this show. If you use the promo code AWESOMO, you can get a $100 first match deposit bonus. Prize Picks has, you're basically building parlay cards, which you don't have to worry about, you know, taking on somebody. You don't have to worry about beating sharks or optimizers. You're not going up against 150 other lineups. You just got to beat yourself, basically. You can look at things like Jimmy Butler over under 22 and a half points. If you think, if you like the over, you just add it to the card. If you do five bets in one, you can get net up to 10x your entry fee. I am pulling up our free prize picks player prop tool. You guys can go check that out at awesomeo.com as well. I'm going to hit Adam with the number one prize pick prop for right now. Tell me how you feel about Bam Adebayo over nine rebounds. Um, so baseline, I like the over, uh, factoring sure. in what he's doing. I like the under, I got him at 10.2 right now. So I agree with our over, we have him at 10.62 in the prize picks player prop tool. That is the highest expected win rate of any prop that is on there right now. So, um, that is just one of many, but you can check them all out the next one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. The next nine props all come from Boston, largely Tatum and Brown overs and assists and rebounds, but you guys can check all of that out at awesomeo.com in the free prize picks player prop tool. It's, it's so many P's, man. I'm pushing so many P's there. <sighs> all right, let's I talk Miami. I don't know why you made it sound like playing against humans instead of computers is a good thing. It seems really hard. <laughs> oh, man. Miami needs more players that can create a shot, not stand in the corner and shoot threes. They both. Yeah, <laughs> they do. I, I love Embiid coming out being like, Miami needs another star. I didn't see that. He tweeted it after game five. Yeah. Which is just fantastic. Oh, and like, I wouldn't be surprised if he means himself. 
I'm sure he'd love to go live in South Beach. <laughs> I think he'd enjoy himself quite a yeah, bit. Yeah, I think he'd have a good time there. Yeah, I think so. All righty. <sighs> Let's dive into Boston. This one's pretty easy to me. I don't have much to add. Like, they're playing a neat man rotation. I don't see any scenario where that's not the case if this one is even just semi-competitive. Do you expect them to be putting a ninth guy on the floor today? Barring injury or anything weird? No, I think it's more if, – if they do anything different, seven. I think they're playing seven. Yeah, no more Peyton Pritchard. Peyton, yeah. We did not see him in the second half of game five. I, I don't think that you – like, I think the biggest question mark here is sort of what can we get out of Marcus Smart? I don't need your take on Tatum any longer. I don't need a take on Jason Brown or yeah, Jason Jalen Brown any longer. Uh, it's how many minutes can Marcus Smart play? We got 24 in the last one. We basically didn't see Peyton Pritchard. So we got a bit more Derek white. Uh, honestly, Grant Williams minutes a little light in game five. I don't think I, I expect them to go back up, but what are you comfortable projecting Marcus Smart for from a minutes perspective today? So, yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm not super concerned about him based on the playing time last game. Um, I don't think it was ankle related. Like maybe it was, but he picked up two fouls early, went to the bench. Derek White was playing out of his mind down the stretch in that game. So it was really easy just to not bring Marcus Smart back in. Um, I think you could say that was ankle related in the sense where like, I'm sure I would think Boston was probably like, cool, White's playing really well. We can not bring Smart, you know, we can keep Smart off his ankle. But I, what, what I'm saying is I don't necessarily think that it was like, you know, oh, he's banged up. So he only played 24 minutes. There's Same. a very easy non-ankle explanation for everything that happened to him in that game. Fouls at the beginning, Derek White at the end. So from that standpoint, if he doesn't get in foul trouble and if Derek White doesn't play amazing, the smart play like mid-30s, I think so. Um, but at the same time, you know, the ankle is still at least somewhat of a concern. I'll probably end up giving him like 34, 35 minutes. I went 34, so I'm happy that we're, I didn't want to say anything. I wanted to get your uh, final answer. I went 34. I felt pretty comfortable there. Uh, a couple of people in chat saying that the Heat don't need Joel Embiid is just like a truly incredible statement. Every single team in the league needs Joel Embiid. I mean, except for like basically prefer, Denver. They'd probably <laughs> prefer like somebody that isn't replacing Bam. Sure, but but yeah, they would live with it. They'd be fine with it. Yeah, I, I think you probably are okay. I think you're cool with getting the number two guy in the league in the MVP race this year and I believe last year too. Like just as a as a team building perspective, I think they'll take it. <laughs> right. Yeah, like if you give them the choice. I also got like, dragged for saying that Bam isn't the third best center. So like we got to pick, we right. pick one of these sides here. If he's not good enough to be the third best center, then you probably want Joel Embiid. Right. If, if you give them like an elite wing, they probably prefer him. But yeah, sure. Uh, yeah, like they're not gonna, they're not gonna turn down getting Joel Embiid. Here's the question. So everybody told me Bam wasn't the third best center. If the Miami Heat or if the Sixers called the Heat right now and said we'll trade you Joel Embiid for Bam, ignoring like Heat culture and the fact that Embiid's got to get like his body fat under eight percent type nonsense, they're doing that. Like they're just doing that. Or Bam's better than everybody thought he was so it's got to be one or the other who stands out to you that isn't tatum and brown today what direction do you want to go 
I got a lot of I got a lot of Horford last game. I don't mind getting back there again. Um, played nearly forty minutes again. Um, but the sixty eight hundred dollar price tag on Robert Williams seems pretty good. They had said he wasn't going to be limited last game. And then he came out and played twenty seven minutes. Uh, so that was good to see because throughout the series we'd kind of seen seen him losing minutes. Um, one, for for one reason or another, in addition to being banged up. So, um, I I still do like that sixty eight hundred dollar price tag on him. He's third for me. Uh, came out more than any other, other than Tatum and Brown came out in every sim more than everybody else from the Boston Celtics smart, actually fourth, uh, didn't really get to much Peyton Pritchard at 3,600. That's going to be a really tough sell. I thought I'd get to more Grant Williams and it doesn't appear that I am. I'm just sort of neutral to the field. I don't see a lot of variability in Boston at this point. The prices look about right. Robert Williams is probably the guy that has the biggest error bars, but I don't think that's like super actionable either. I think everything that I see for Boston from an ownership perspective makes sense. Yeah, I'm there with you. There's nobody that like stands out as being wildly over or under owned. Um, I don't think Derek White at 21%. I mean, that, that might be a little bit low to me. Um, okay. Just because, like, do you, do you really think White is? I, I guess they're comparable. I'll say, like, do you really think White's the same as Struess? But I guess they kind of are. I have them separated by five tenths of a point. So I guess in theory, it's probably a little bit easier to get to white. I'd say white probably has a slightly higher minutes ceiling given the Marcus smart availability. The the combination of smart being some sort of, at least somewhat of a question mark health wise and Pritchard not stepping on the floor in the second half. It kind of makes me like, like last game, I think I projected 20 minutes for white and like, 14 12 or 14 or something for Pritchard I think this game I probably give a few extra minutes to white at the expense of Pritchard you know at the very least and then last game I'd also give him smart like 36 or 37 and as I said I'm gonna cut that back a little bit yeah so I think Boston's slowly seeing that there's no disincentive to going small against Miami because they don't have the size to punish it if Jimmy Butler is going to be your four for a decent chunk of this game then you can play Marcus Smart and Derek White and Brown and Tatum, you can get Tatum to the four and it's meaningless. You, there's no size disadvantage any longer. So you can go to a more, like you can get more offense or creation or ball handling, whatever you want to call it on the floor now against Miami because they don't have any size to punish it. So I like the idea of getting to a little bit more Derek White. It's probably why we see Grant Williams be a little bit lower in the ownership and the potential minutes like we saw in game five. But when I look at Boston, I don't see a lot of separation. I just, those guys are just going to end up in lineups and I don't have a take. Whereas on Miami, I feel like that's the place where you can play the ownership game and try to get on opposite sides of the public. Yeah. Um, and the other thing with White, too, is, I mean, he's playing more aggressively. He said he needed to. He's come out. He's done it the last couple of games. Um, you know, there were times earlier on where he was serving no purpose on the floor. He wasn't being aggressive offensively. He wasn't defending well. But we know he can do both of those things. And, you know, he, he is now. Noted non-high usage center Nikola Jokic just being ignored here. Yeah. Fun, fun to see. Fun to see. And he's also my counter to Lofty's point about how you said centers like, but he's obviously different because he's a ridiculously good passer. Yeah. Also Carl Anthony towns, 27% usage. He's well, yeah, but they're not in the playoffs either. My, the, my, my, my point, right. Yeah. My, my point being like Denver would have gone further if there was, if they had Murray and Porter. 
Yeah, of course. Of course. Well, they should go further. They're right. a, they're infinitely better. Yeah, they probably don't draw Golden State in the first round. And even if they did, they still might have gotten out of the first round. Um, what else Tyler, we got? Tyler here? Hero plays for the Heat, Chandra. Yeah, Tyler Hero is like one of the worst defensive players in basketball. That is a regular and uh, key Miami Heat player. <laughs> that is one of my least favorite and is also showing himself to be ultra, ultra necessary. Who wins today? I assume you're saying Boston. Boston. Yeah, I don't. Like my Miami. To me, Miami just has to have an outlier shooting day. That's their path to victory here. Everything that they throw up's got to go. Otherwise, like I don't know. They they have no ability to create in the half court. It's been shown. They're not getting there by like getting mid range shots. They cannot get to the rim against this team, particularly if Robert Williams plays. They got to barf up a bunch of threes and hope they fall. If Miami wins this game, is the total like 160? It's gross. It's gross. It's truly gross. It's a Boston doesn't make a damn thing right. and Miami shoots themselves into the game. Get 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 like a 1980 style, like you know, 75, 68 game or something. Oh god, it's it it feels like late 90s or early 2000s basketball. 78, 74 type games. Now, at least. We know that we're getting good defense. Like, nothing's lost on me that Boston has one of the best defenses we've seen. Miami's defense, certainly good to great. But uh, offensive creation on Miami, not ideal. Boston's ability to dribble, not ideal. But I want this series to be over. Who wins the NBA title? And don't answer based on your tickets. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Boston. Yeah, I think so, too. Although I think Golden State's shooting provides a really interesting challenge where Boston's defense basically has to do like the exact opposite of what they did in this series. Cause they're clearly willing to give Miami whatever the hell they want from deep. And uh, you cannot play Golden State the same way because those shits are going to be sailing from three between Clay and Poole and Steph. I mean, they're going to get so many threes up from good shooters. Miami's not doing that same thing. So I'm really anxious to see what like game one of that series could look like, but Stranger things have happened in basketball. Uh, Boston's or Miami's got to Boston's got to get rid of Miami today. Any uh, anything else you want to touch on here? What are we What are we arguing about in chat? We still got a couple minutes. Let me participate. Uh, Jokic, Jokic and Bead. Oh, now what? No, Josh Gillum said Embiid's better than Jokic, and I said he was out of his mind. And then he said, "Well, who's the better defender?" Which Embiid, but Jokic is better defensively than people give him credit for, and he's. Yes just on a different planet offensively. Embiid is also worse defensively than he was like yeah, three or four years Embiid ago. Embiid is worse than people give him credit for. Jokic is yeah. better than people give him credit for. And offensively, Jokic does things that Embiid can't even dream of doing. Yes. Yes. Look, again, and this is no indictment on Joel Embiid. He's exceptional. <laughs> yeah, like for sure. I like, would want not, him. He's on the short list. Good, not being as good as the second best player in the NBA is not... And the back-to-back MVP winner is yeah. not an insult. Even Lofty's coming in. Embiid's pick-and-roll yeah. defense in the playoffs was really bad. Yeah, he's he's not as mobile as he was. Again, like still a terrifying rim defender. Like that, that nobody wants any part of that when they're going in. But Jokic is a better shooter than Embiid. What are we talking about? Where, where did I miss this one? Jokic, Joker isn't athletic and plays below the rim like Luca. Oof. 
Oof. That's a bold take. It's a bold take. I got nothing left here. Good, good, good point. Good point, Chris. Embiid seems like he has a good imagination. I wouldn't restrict what Embiid is capable of dreaming of. Oh, my God. <laughs> They're both really good. I like both guys. I wonder what people would think of Embiid if he wasn't, like, charismatic. Yeah. Let's get out of here. Wait, and, what? And also, Embiid is... Yeah, and also we're talking about the postseason too, because that's specifically what Lafayette brought up about high usage centers in the postseason. It's a hell of a lot easier for a team to take away Joel Embiid offensively than it is Jokic. Yeah. Like, you, you can't do anything to Jokic. He's way too good of a passer. He's too good of a shooter. He can run point. Like, it's not even like you can yeah. just, like, front him in the post and not let him get the ball. Like, he's going to just get it at the top. Or, And, like, when you have... 40% three-point shooter, generally speaking, Michael Porter Jr. there. You've got Jamal Murray running dribble handoffs with him. Uh, spacing changes a bit. There's no way to keep the ball out of Nikola Jokic's hands. And he doesn't have to do dick offensively from a scoring standpoint because he had a 39% assist rate this year, which is 99th percentile in the league. Not for centers, for the league. <laughs> yeah, he, he's he's a point guard. He really is. He really, He's an offensive unicorn. Honestly, yeah, we've never seen anything like th it. Th there's there's nobody that can do what Jokic does offensively. Nope. I completely agree. Shoot, Josh, shoot. He shoots better than Embiid. He passes better than Embiid. Well, he said, what does Jokic do better than Embiid besides pass? Oh, I didn't see the besides pass part. I mean, he's a better rebounder on both the offensive and defensive sides of the ball. He's a significantly more efficient scorer than Joel Embiid. Yeah. Yeah, the answer is pretty much everything on the offensive end. Yeah. It's everything but block shots. Right. That's fine. Let's get out of here. Another one in the books, folks. Deeper dive later today. Live before lock later today. We've got uh, MLB something. Live before lock or strategy show. One of the two. MLB strategy show coming up next so make sure you're tuning in there. Eric and Greg will be breaking that one down. You also get Eric and Greg for NBA Live Before Lock later tonight. Good luck to everybody. Enjoy the rest of your day. Enjoy your Memorial Day weekend. I hope you guys have some fun. We are out of here. Peace.